I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. To the bumper. New format. Welcome back. We are introducing a brand new format here at the Imperfect Podcast. So, you know, we wanted to put a little more structure around it, keep things a little more up-tempo and... uh, give a, a new spin and, and hopefully create something that's relevant to the industry. You know, we're independent filmmakers, we're storytellers, and, um, you know, we want to put out some content that we believe everybody will be interested in. So, you know, the, the thought here is we're going to break things down into uh, three different segments, um, a new segment, a main topic, and then a concluding segment. And um, so in that new segment, Lots of different things up for grabs, right? Upcoming film festivals, potential contests. We've participated in a few recently. Yes. Right? Uh, well, yeah, we just did the, the uh, Winter Film Awards 48-hour film challenge. We mm-hmm. are working on something for Skype that we're submitting this week. Yep, Shoot the Future. Shoot the Future. Um, there's a couple other ones that we have our eyes on that we're, we're talking about. There's a Danny Elfman project possibly on the, on the, on the future horizon. Yep. Um, we're, we're looking to kind of you know, uh, push forward and, and get to the next level of what we're doing. Exactly. And, and we're involving you, the audience, um, in our uh, quest, in our career quest yeah and we're open to suggestions too so we hope people start you know interacting with us giving us suggestions on what they want to hear you know we'll start talking about more about new independent film releases that are coming up um potential crowdfunded projects that are out there i mean it's really huge in the community right now a lot of filmmakers are using indiegogo and um gofundme and kickstarter to have their films produced you know we're hoping that someday we can get to that as well and uh you know we're really active in social media using twitter and facebook Facebook and hopefully going to be bringing a lot of things curated from Twitter, which, you know, actually happened this week. We participated in uh, something that went viral. It was hashtag films gone wet. <laughs> yeah, actually, before we even get into the films gone wet thing, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But, you know, to go back to the format thing. So, you know, having potential content and news related info up front, you know, and then we're generally going to bring you guys a main topic, uh, you know, something meaty for the middle of the podcast. And, you know, there'll be things like movie reviews, TV show reviews, potential interviews with actors, producers, filmmakers, some of uh, the folks that we work with in the industry, um, product reviews like editing software things like that and hopefully you know be able to talk about our projects as well yeah, and, and yeah. look new people wayne's gone where the hell wayne's gone where the hell did he go well he'll he'll be on later <laughs> maybe he'll maybe he'll dial in um yeah and then you know we'll bring you guys we're, we're going to give you some recommendations on independent films to watch um viral content that we might have seen that's interesting as well as like informative blog blog posts and things like that to read so lots going on here at the podcast we hope you guys enjoy the new format and uh We'll get going with our first segment. Yeah, we'll be right back, right after this. From us here at the Imperfect Podcast to you there at home, we'd like to wish you a happy and healthy 4th of July. Please stay safe and enjoy yourselves. This week on Twitter. And we're back. So we started talking a little bit about, um, what is the hashtag again? Films Gone Wet. The Films Gone Wet. <laughs> and it's all about films that we uh, th- that are out there and redoing the names of the films um, with something to do with water. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's get into this. Uh, we, what, we, what happened was basically Sal texted us as a group message and we, we got into um, going back and forth and saying, hey, well, what is the um, what is this thing? And basically he's like, come up with names of things and it, it, 
it was about two or three hours after you texted us originally before we we said like what is this thing yeah nobody was getting it at first so i had to give some examples and i think the first text message i sent was like okay scooby-doo was a big one D-E-W. That we, you yeah. have to like <laughs> specify so, that yeah film's gone wet basically taking a film name and uh you know transplanting one of the words to make it uh and, and what was my wet. first response to you water world yeah, yeah, Waterworld. <laughs> it's, it took me a few minutes to get going, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, my wife gave me a couple of the Ocean's Eleven. That, yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Reservoir uh, the wet dogs. <laughs> yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Anything with water. But that, that wasn't part of the challenge. Uh, part of the challenge of this was trying to uh, come up with something, um, a, a spin on the titles of movies that already existed. Uh, so uh, Sal said uh, something about Scooby-Doo. Uh, these these are things that were um, already out there that we had seen. Um, the Squirt yeah. Locker was a good one. Yeah, that that just made me laugh. I I saw the Squirt Locker and I couldn't even contain myself. And we should give a shout out to who actually wrote that. And uh, let's see, I that was at at Headless Chris four twelve. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Chris. Hey, it's Chris. Oh, I can't, apparently hey, I can't read. Hey, it's Chris four twelve. Yeah, <laughs> Nutella and Chris. Uh, film's gone wet. The Squirt Headless Locker. Chris. But, um, I mean, pretty funny. I mean, and there were a bunch. I mean, Desperately Soaking oh. Susan, Brokeback Fountain. <laughs> uh, the list was endless. I mean, like I said, I think there were some upwards of 10,000 tweets. I mean, these were some of the real highlights. Scuba-Doo. Um, Scuba-Doo, yep. Honey, I Sunk the Kids. Um, you know, the list just goes on and on. I mean, some of them were, you know, pretty terrible, too. Maybe we, maybe we can keep this thing going. You know, hashtag films gone wet. Uh, well... It already is. Already. Hashtag film gone wet. Well, I know, but like I'm saying, like everybody go and add in and start it over again after you hear the podcast here. Yeah, exactly. I would love for people to keep going. I mean, we'll keep looking and checking on the on the hashtag to see what's happening. Um, honestly, I don't know who started it. I don't know where it came from. Um, but Danny Boy over there, he had our winner for uh, the most viral, and uh, we had a number of retweets and likes and the people shouting out. So. What was your uh, big claim to fame there, Dan? Uh, gulp fiction. Gulp fiction. Yeah. There you go. And I inserted a nice picture of a uh, of Jules. Some, yeah, Jules. Of Jules from Pulp Fiction drinking a nice big gulp. Yep. Yep. Because that's a tasty burger, and he was thirsty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah. What were the, some of the other ones were uh, that were good? Were, was uh, Austin Showers. Oh. Austin, the, the spy who sulked me. Yeah, that was a collaborative one because I sent you Austin Showers, uh, yep. which which I'm not gonna lie, that was actually my wife's. Oh, so, you, so, so I, your wife is the clever I'm, one. I, my wife is more clever with this than I am. I was like, okay, let's figure out something, you know, the wetlands or something. <laughs> gotcha. Well, well, that's the thing. We're we're reactive. We're interactive, I should say, on Twitter, and we're trying to. Uh, find out these little things that are going on out there as as far as like you know the the hashtags that are that are becoming trending and popular and uh, ju- you know jumping on board on it uh, that's that's yeah. that's part of you know uh social media is just being a part of the conversation that's out there exactly look at you i taught you well yeah well <laughs> sal sal is our marketing guy and our our social media guy who yeah. who's who's always on board of like going you know how, how do we get ourselves out there yeah a little more exposure never hurts but that's the same i mean tip for any independent filmmaker out there you know or any creative person whether you're a musician independent musician um, you know, it's tough out there, but jumping in on a conversation never hurts. I mean, we had a lot of people giving us positive feedback. Um, our and Twitter I'm... account, by the way, is at Heckler Kane Inc. And we'll be right back with our next set uh, segment, which is um, a little review of, of the new show Feed the Beast. There you go. 
All right, we'll be back. Our main topic this week is Feed the Beast. Welcome back, and now we're in our main segment. Um, this is a little review of Feed the Beast, uh, which Sal actually brought our attention to. So, Sal, you want to give us a little kind of introduction on this? Yeah, I brought your attention to. I forced you to watch it one way or the other. Yeah, it, was, it was a homework assignment. I, I went out to my wife, and, and I, I got off the phone with Sal, and he was like, I'm like, I have a homework assignment. He's like, He's, what, what is a homework assignment? The homework assignment is go watch Feed the Beast. It was well worth watching. Now, uh, th- this, this show is about food. Yeah. And uh, I'm just throwing this out there. You are completely food driven. Yeah. Every, every time we're on set, every time we're doing anything, it's like, <laughs> well, how can, well, what, what, what's our next meal? Uh, that that that's your, should be your new job on our sets is, is being the the food consultant, craft and the craft services, <laughs> the head of craft services, food and beverage, food and beverage. That's my new title. There's yeah, a... but you know what? You you de- you definitely have a uh, a a flair for for um, don't say flair, a passion, flare. a passion. I'm gonna say a passion. Are you making fun of me? You ready? <laughs> no, that's I just great. didn't. I just didn't want the word flair. Okay, no flair. So you have a passion. For food, um, so that's that's where this start, this uh, uh, kind of came from. Uh, you want to give it a little introduction? Yeah, I'll get. I mean, yeah, it was. This was a. This is a total surf self serving segment for me. I mean, I'm a foodie. I'm passionate about food, as Joe said. We always have the bottle of wines here now at the podcast, in case you didn't notice. Um, and uh, this show, though, really caught my attention. Uh, one, because it's about food, but it's definitely about way more than that. Um, you know, it has undertones of food, but it's gritty. It's sophisticated. Um, it takes place in New York. It takes place in the Bronx, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it stars David Schwimmer, who you know we all know from Friends. Ross Geller. Um, yeah, it, it, it stars, stars Ross Geller. It stars Ross Geller. And uh, you know, which is like, okay, this. So, what kind of show is this? It's definitely not a comedy. It's a drama. Um, and which is a big departure for him, as far as I'm concerned. I know he did. Uh, what What is the? He did Band of Brothers. He did Band of Brothers. He did uh, a Houdini series, and he did uh, the O.J. Uh, yeah. What was the O.J. thing? Most called? recently, he did the uh, People versus O.J. Simpson, and he played Robert you Kardashian. Know, and those are very serious things. And and I I mean, it's it's hard to say, but I still picture him as as Ross Geller. Right? I think everybody does, but he's earned his stripes. He's he, definitely earned his stripes. The guy, honestly, he's probably the best part about the show. I think. <coughs> um, I'll caveat this whole thing with saying. I think the show is great. It definitely has its issues. I think a lot of the um, reviews out there, they've slammed this show. There is nobody out there that really is loving it. Um, you know, I think it has its, I think it has its issues, but it has a lot of potential. It's put together by some really fantastic people. It's produced by Clyde Phillips, who was the executive producer of Dexter, and you can totally see, um, you can totally see pieces of um, Dexter in. This show, meaning the way it's filmed, I, I actually do. I do. You know, it's 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 one of those things where like you can go, okay, this has sustenance just simply because of the 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 vision vision the that it has the lighting, know, the way it's put together. 
Exactly. I mean, they they do these shots, um, the close-ups on the food, which is what, you know, drags me in. You know, they're making like this simple pasta dish or they're making, you know, the the dish, the the lamb dish that's going to be the signature dish at their new restaurant that they're building. Okay, let me me ask you something. You know, I'm not not a food-driven guy like that. I I like my food because I'm I'm obviously not not in fit condition. But, um, you know, you're a food guy. Yep. The, the way they describe the food itself, uh, I mean, looking at this and going, okay, the, the writers behind this have to be food-driven people. They uh, are. Because they, it's really well described how they, how they um, describe what goes into the dish, how, the, how they, they figure out uh, the ingredients and the way it's presented. Well, it's an interesting thing between, you know, there's music and film and there's food. And food is just as a creative outlet as any other and if you talk to like chefs real legit chefs right i mean these guys they are musicians they are artists they are you know and food is a outwardly expression of art you're creating something i mean sure you know meshing the flavors the presentation the smell it involves a lot of senses um you know so there's a lot of things happening i got i gotta tell Um, you watching this whole show i was starving (laughs) starving at the end of the show when i when i saw the pilot I'm There's, a food-driven guy as well. You are but, you are definitely a food-driven I'm, guy. I'm, I'm yeah, but you don't cook. I don't cook. I eat. <laughs> well, the size of you, I would imagine, yeah, you need to I eat. I need to eat, but I I you know what I I like just different stuff like that. It was one thing I always thought that I would like to do was actually learn how to cook and do that. I never got around to it, but I I do like the whole aspect of you know putting together a dish. Yeah, these this show. There's there's an obvious passion of of food in the show, which is the underlying tone, which actually connects the characters. So okay. there's a there's a lot of character development, right? David David Trimmer, he's playing this guy Tommy Moran. He's a wine sommelier. He's got a son, and we later found out that his wife died in a car crash. So he's playing a single parent. He's got a drinking problem, and his son TJ is uh, actually uh, a mute. Mute. He yeah. stopped. He stops talking. We find out. And um, Jim Sturgis, who plays Dion, this is the best friend and chef. Gesundheit. <coughs> Sorry. He's he's actually locked up for burning down a restaurant and owes a lot of money to the mob, and he's a cokehead. We find and... out that the restaurant was the restaurant that they were opening together. No, 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 no. That's not the restaurant that burned down. Oh, that they were work they were working at together. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, it's the previous restaurant that that burned down. But you know, so these guys all have their problems, right? I mean, he's they both lost their wife and best friend. They were supposed to open a restaurant together. He went to jail. He's got a coke problem. You know, the other guy's a single parent. He's got an alcohol problem. But the thing that really ties them together, I mean, he comes back from prison. He gets released early. Dion gets released early from mm-hmm. prison. When he comes back, he actually sits down and makes a meal for Tommy and, and his son, TJ. And that's the defining moment where you see how connected they are. I mean, they've been childhood friends forever. They're basically like brothers. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing I thought about this relationship here is that, like, you know, if somebody comes out of jail, there's a lot of times where there's, there's like, neglect and, like, oh, my God, like, uh, this person was uh, in jail for so many years and he did something so atrocious that, that they had to lock him up from society. Um, but he's completely accepted back into into um, the world of 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 what they were doing. Um, if you're a chef and you have talent like that, he is like you know. Well, he's, David Schwimmer's character is just like okay, you know, you you did your time. That's it. The two the two of them though are actually they're geniuses at their craft. 
Yes. Like it, when you, if you watch, if you go beyond the pilot, which I'm like four or five episodes in, I think you guys have only watched the pilot so far. Yeah. But well, I had a homework assignment. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you guys are, I'm four or five episodes in, you start to learn there. The two of them are actually geniuses at their crafts. You know, they're, you, you they're, can see that right off the bat. You know, you can definitely see that right off. The oh, bat. well, he also they make him before they eat their first meal. He makes yeah. uh, he makes him describe the wine and, and the taste yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And, pour and, it. and what the, what is all the ingredients that are in the in the in the meal that he just made for them? And see, so that's insane. So I can do that with food. I can't. Oh, my, let me fix my condom. That's it. Brace. <laughs> oh, my God. I Mic cover your, your windscreen. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But go I, on. I can't uh, I can't do that with wine. I like wine, but I can do that with food. I do it often when I go to restaurants. I'm trying to figure out what's in them. I try to replicate restaurant recipes when I'm back at home. You know, I do that sort of thing, and it's just it's something that comes with time and paying attention and being passionate about it. And these guys are de- definitely have that. You know, um, you know, it's interesting that there's you mentioned before there must be some food people associated with the show so there, there has to be there has to be a whole craft uh, i want to say craft services no, that's a no, bad no, word no, no, for no, no, it no, no, no. there has to be a whole bunch of chefs that are involved in the um creation process of even the script even the obviously the the meals that are presented on screen mm-hmm. yeah so there's two people involved they they have a head sh- they have a chef as a consultant that's harold De- harold deterl the third and he's oddly enough, he's a chef from Long Island. He grew up in West Babylon. He's a, he's famous actually. He was the winner of the first season of uh, Top Chef. Oh, on Bravo. Okay. So he's a legit guy. They brought him as a consultant, right, to help with the authenticity of the restaurant and the food that they <coughs> built. Um, you know, because they've re- they're recreating this restaurant on TV from from nothing. And um, they also have another woman. She's a food stylist. I don't even know. I See, I know what this is. I don't know if you guys what, know. What is a food stylist? Can yeah. you explain it for us laymen who have no idea I have no what idea. you were talking? Uh, my guess would be somebody that, that makes the food look presentable on a plate. I was going to say makes the food look pretty, but yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> presentable cool. is presentable. a lot more yeah. authoritative. No, but that's exactly it. There's somebody that literally is hired... To make the food look good, you know they're all about the presentation, and but they're mainly brought in for things like film, um, photo shoots, things like this. Like you know, and they know how to cook. Yeah, they know how to cook, and they know about the food. But their main thing is really how to present it and what it looks like. So this woman, uh, she's got a great background. I mean, she, Susan Spongen, she comes from. Um, she used to be editorial director of food at Martha Stewart. <laughs> you know. No joke, yeah, right? I that's, mean, so she, that's legit. You know, she knows what she's doing. So you got guys from Top Chef, and and so the food. Let's put it this way: Feed the Beast is an awesome show for foodies. There's, you know, if you like that gritty TV. I mean, there's people involved, like we said, the producer from Dexter. Um, you know, there's some other people involved from Sons of Anarchy and things like that. It's a gritty show. I think it's got potential. If you're into food, you'll probably love it way more. Um, you know, the food's probably better than the acting, though. You- <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. Say it. Let me mm-hmm. let me let me go uh, from a from a director and, and producers type standpoint. Looking at the uh, the the overarc of the show and how it's filmed. Uh, looking at the film, I, I'm not completely thrilled with the storyline. I'm yep. being honest with you. The storyline is about the food, and for someone who's not a foodie, who's not somebody who's like, oh my god, this look at how they presented this lamb lamb a la bala 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 whatever it is. Give me you, you know what I'm talking about. What's the name of the dish? Oh, I, I they actually didn't say it in the first episode. It I was, think you got it right. It was lamb bala bala. Yeah, it was lamb bala bala bala. Okay, so looking looking at it from a, a, a pure filmmaker perspective. 
there is a lot of beauty in what they're shooting. The, the way they're shooting this, obviously, um, like you said, they have um, Harold. Uh, yeah, you're going to pronounce his name. Deterrally, I don't know. Deterrally, who is a consultant on there, who is showing them how to produce it, how to, how to make the food and make it look like they're actually making well, it. Well, yeah, like that speech that Jim Sturgis gives about that dish where, or I'm sorry, that David Schwimmer gives about, you know, what's in the dish. It was vine-ripened tomatoes with a, you know, fresh papadel pasta over, you know. Uh, absolutely. Basil and, basil and you bit, yeah. Now, now, take a step, take a step back, and go. Okay, well, from a filmmaking standpoint, um, I, I, I'm not completely sold on on the series yet. I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, as far as it goes, it has potential. Uh, again, being honest, I've only seen the pilot episode. But do you think in the uh, pilot they did a good job, Dan? Do you? Th- what do you think about the pilot, though? I mean, uh, they, they, you had. Basically, three main characters that came in, right? And you have your the other folks that we haven't talked about. You got the Tooth Fairy, who's the villain. You got the Dion's uncle, right. who's who's helping him, you know, with money and things out of jail and all that. You got the lawyer. You got Dion's lawyer. You got uh, David Schwimmer going to a support group for losing his wife, and there's the the girl yeah. that meets him in there. Right. You got a lot of supporting characters in this cast. There's a lot going on. I think having just seen the pilot, I actually I, I think. The storyline's good because it's not just two guys trying to put together a food thing. It's one guy trying to save his own ass. Yeah. By we could say making ass. it seem we like say say ass. ass ass making it seem like uh, you know he's just in it for the food thing, but really he owes a debt. Yeah. And that's why he's so yeah. you know hell bent on trying to convince his buddy that this is the time to do it because he can't leave now. He has to do it, you know what I mean? So I think that aspect of it is actually good. I enjoy that. Um, I think there's certain like things, like if you read the critics' reviews, they slammed the storyline because there were too many things going on, yeah. right? That there's yeah. like, there's so many things, there's like five separate plot lines going on at once, and how unbelievable is it that a guy, Dion's character, he was supposed to leave to Paris the next day, but he doesn't because he owes this, he owes $600,000 for the restaurant he burns down, so now he's trying to convince Tommy to open the new restaurant with him, even though the wife is dead and can't do it with them, and Tommy's depressed and drunk, and Let me tell you one little loophole there that I caught. Now, we, the insurance company, because he was an employee and burned down the restaurant, mm-hmm. won't cover the insurance for the for the uh, restaurant that he burned down. But don't we sacrifice reality for fiction when we watch TV and movie? Like, I'm willing to get over that stuff and go, is it just, does he it owes, hold my attention? He owes the mob attention? $600,000. He owes the mob 600000 But, I don't know. Listen, I watch Star Trek. The Enterprise doesn't exist. Yeah, so the, yes, things okay. are not okay. reality. Right? Okay, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, Trekkies. Sorry. <laughs> he's by the way, just to, to clarify everything, he's wearing a Yoda shirt. I know he's just, wearing a Yoda yeah. shirt. Um, the, the dark side. What does it say on your shirt? The dark side I sense in you. <laughs> Thank you. But um, the, the, the dark side I sense. No, in I you. think it's believable oh, that you know they caught up with him. He was only out of jail for not that long. He they was went, out of jail for a day. They were, they were waiting, they waiting outside for him. Of the jail. They were there the day he got released. It's crazy. There were a lot. There's a lot of loopholes in this story. People talk. Yeah, but you know what? That's 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 part of it. That that kind of like turns me off to it. It's the little loopholes, and it's not a couple of little. It's it's a bunch of little loopholes. But that's wow. my own They're personal there. opinion. This show. So this show is produced by Clyde Phillips. He's known for Dexter. He. This was adapted from a Danish series called Bankorot. 
and I don't know much of what, what that was, if it was exactly the same, but it's adapted from that same thing. This show, it, it was interesting. I was reading I was reading how it got picked up. Like they, when AMC, this, this show went into a bidding war and it was not just picked up by AMC for, you know, the pilot. They actually signed a full season immediately. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on the show. I mean, for Schwimmer, for the producers, you know, all this stuff. I mean, this show is hopefully going to do well. I mean, like I said, I particularly like it. I have a I have a guilty pleasure with it because of the food. When you, and I like the grittiness that's underneath. When you first presented this to me, you said, take a look at this from a filmmaker standpoint. Yes. I, I started to say this, and I think I got sidetracked because that's what I do. Um, the, the, the actual cinematography that goes behind everything that's here is beautiful. Yeah. Now I I've already racked the the kind of the storyline and and that's me maybe jumping to the gun, uh, being honest I'm jumping to the gun I've only seen the pilot, um but the the cinematography, all those shots of the food the way they're preparing the food the uh, the lighting that's in the room um, there's a commercial now I'm watching this on demand on AMC on demand mm-hmm. uh, is how I watched it and anybody with with any sort of thing that has an on demand thing should be able to watch it also that way. Mm-hmm. Um, this this has a a real beautiful beautiful set of lighting that goes on oh, yeah. during this whole thing, the way they lit things, and in in the on demand, there's a little like commercial for the show, and uh-huh. he walks over and flips on a light switch, and the the light comes down on his head, and it's just it's really beautifully done. Now here's me knocking the storyline. I'm going okay. Well we. I, d- I don't necessarily know the storyline, but looking at the plot going, okay, you do – any story that you have, you're going to have to have plot de- – uh, character development, uh, plot development, and, and introduce – introduction of each of these characters. Mm-hmm. Now, the it is a real beautiful thing that they have going on here. I think, I think what for me – I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a passionate person in general, not yeah. just about food, about sure. music, about film, about a lot of things. And I think what I see in Dion's character is the relatable passion. And as much of a screw up as he is, you know, he's a passionate guy and he's a brilliant guy. And, and you know, I, I just I identify with that in some regards because I see him trying so hard. He, but fails miserably a lot, you oh, know. He got his, and I he think got his finger broken twice in the same episode, which is a little unrealistic too. But, yeah, right, but I mean, these things are unrealistic a lot of, in, in a lot of regards. But but that's that's the thing that drives me nuts with something like that. I try to ground it, you know. Not getting back to me, not saying I'm the yeah. uh, the the most successful or, or or amazing writer or whatever. I try to ground everything that I write in reality, and go, you know, you have these things that suspend reality. And you go, okay, well, this this is beyond reality, and I get it. And you you push that level, and to me, there was a lot of things that were just disregarding reality. Yeah, exactly. I I agree. And I know that's, exactly. What you that's mean. the issue I was having personally. I think that's what a lot of the critics probably have issues. I mean, what do you, Danny? What do you think? Like, you know, as far as the, as far as what I said, you know, is there's a certain beauty to the cinematography, but what about that storyline? Because that's a very important to me personally. I'm going to actually just disregard what you said because I want to say something that my my I think my biggest issue with the with the, <laughs> with the entire thing is the tooth fairy. Oh, well, uh, I don't be, like him either. Because right, yeah, I want to explain. Uh, my my issue is a you got the name um fairy in the mob guy's name which wouldn't work or wouldn't doesn't make you scared of him really. 
And also, he's just not, he just doesn't seem like the right guy to be, you know, I'm not scared of the guy. He doesn't yeah, seem I like the casting, right guy. I mean, he was he he. I forget I forget the guy's name, but you know, he I think he was in Mad Men. He was in Mad Men, and he was great in Mad Men. But it just does not fit the role that he's in in this right now. I think they had some casting issues in the show. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, am I the authority? No, but I think they could have. You know, they had David Schwimmer and and Jim Sturgis. I think those are two good, solid, you know, folks for the leading men. I, you know. I saw Jim get panned in some of the reviews and things like that. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's like any show, there's good elements and bad. The reality is, like you said, Joe, if the storyline doesn't work for people, the show's not going to make it. Yeah. You know, it could be all the great shots. All right, of let me ask you, you want. I, I'm willing, personally, I'm willing to keep going on and get a good three or four episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's worth my time. That, that to me is a good pilot. If yeah. you take a good pilot and you go, okay, it's worth looking three, four, maybe five episodes. But if that's not going to catch me and get me going by then, I'm done with well, the series. Well, I'll say the pilot's better than a Fear the Walking Dead pilot because the no, only okay. reason I'm continuing with Fear the Walking Dead is because I like The Walking Dead. If Fear you, you, the Walking, you feel a certain commitment to the series because yeah, of the other series. It's the only reason. And if because if Fear the Walking Dead was the first thing I ever saw. I would have never, ever in a million years continued to episode two. <laughs> you know, fair enough. So you know, so this I think that these guys, I think that they did a better job with character development in the first episode. I mean, I understood everything that was going on. I understood the characters. I understood. I mean, like like I said, the whole things, it's pretty deep. You know, the whole you know, he lost his wife and absolutely, the, 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 the you know, the kid and the single parent. And I think there's a lot of relatable issues for people in general that they'll they'll gravitate towards and i think it'll change over time you know i i'm a few more episodes in i'm still digging it i think it's gotten better um than the first pilot i think they actually shot this pretty quickly i think it was uh commissioned like earlier this year and they like in february and they, they've and already they, released they it. released it in may like i mean it, it's a it was a cra- pretty crazy schedule yeah <laughs> from what i understand so Hopefully over time and, you know, they get some things together. Who knows? We'll probably see some characters killed off, I'm guessing. And, uh, you know. Well, that makes things there. interesting to me. Exactly. So. Um, all right. Well, I think we've we've gotten to the point where we, we've kind of exhausted that. <laughs> um, you know, go take a look at the series. Make your own decisions. Yeah. We'll give you some clips here. You guys can decide and uh, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah. You, uh, again, uh, AMC has an app right now. You can download the app on AMC and you can watch the full episodes. Um, I think they're limited as far as how many episodes back they go. Yep. So the sooner you do it, the better. Uh, I think there's seven episodes in uh, total at the at at this point seven or eight. Uh, I saw five. You saw five <laughs> on demand. I on demand, but I think five. on the on the They're AMC in. app, there oh, okay. might be I actually seven or eight in. But All thanks right. for counter to just being mean. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> I had to get more words in. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, thanks, Mumbles. Yes. <laughs> I had to reach my quota. You had to reach your quota. All right, um, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Thank you for calling Tadio. No, I'm sorry. We don't open until Sunday, June 5th. Oh, yes, we do have an opening that night. 10 o'clock. All right, I'll put you down. Uh, that's table for two on Sunday, June 5th at 10. 
Great. We look forward to seeing you. Don't miss the grand opening of Feed the Beast. Series premiere Sunday, June 5th at 10, only on AMC. Indie Film Tips. Here's this week's blog tip for independent filmmakers. Okay, what we came up with was a little blog on Hootsuite, um, and we posted this to our Facebook, uh, Heckler Kane Creations, and it's 12 budget-friendly video editing apps you can use for your social video. Uh, basically, this is a, a great tool, and I've used some of these. I honestly haven't used all of them yet, uh, but iMovie is one of them, and that I've used a lot. Uh, Replay, um, Meg. Magisto? Magisto? Is that how you spell, say it? Magisto. Magisto. Okay, that might help. Yeah. What does it say? Magisto here is a uh, video editing in one click. Yeah. You know, all these are like super inexpensive. If you guys, you know, can't afford things like Final Cut Pro, um, you know, need to do things on a budget. I mean, there's so many things out there to cut movies on your phone these days. Um, you know, we're all content creators and everybody's looking for stuff. So, you know. A lot of these are geared towards social media too. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, especially if you're using Periscope or Snapchat or Instagram and uh, Facebook Live and even YouTube Live has, um, well, YouTube has a live function now. So, you know, you guys could be recording stuff anytime, any day. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there to help you with the editing process. So check out our Facebook page. Give it a shot. See uh, Hootsuite is a great reliable source for this stuff. And uh, hope you guys have success. Yeah, let us know how you how it turns out. Uh, hit us up on Heckler Kane Inc. Yep. I think we're going to give a couple of these a shot uh, over the next couple of weeks. Maybe try them out. Maybe edit something old that we've uh, not tried in the past. I know Joe's not going to be too happy about trying new software. But we're going to give these a shot and we'll update you on our next podcast. You got it. Thank you from the Imperfect Podcast. Thank you.